Ahoy all you true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller and this is Locked on Mizzou, your destination for partisan Missouri Tigers football and basketball talk five days a week. And thank you all so much for watching, listening, sharing the whole deal by watching. I mean, watching the game, of course, because you can't see me right now. But you know what? Fortunately, we uh, both have ra- we both have radio faces. I don't know about that. I think we're both pretty good looking guys. Come on, put yourself we're, over for once, Blake. You're always going with the self deprecating stuff. But we're anyway, tall. Hey, hey, we are tall. Hey, we got to get into the. Get, let's get into this real quick. Just wanted to say the numbers are growing. Thank you guys so much. And if you're a local person, you want to hop on the bandwagon. Got a business? Now's the time. Hit me up, lockedonmizzou at gmail dot com. And you know what? We're gonna get to a little bit of the Mizzou coaching, the Mizzou football coaching search, of course. But first, a much-needed victory for our Missouri Tiger basketball team, huh, Blake? Yeah, and just it feels good, doesn't it? Right. It feels good to actually – something good happened in Missouri in the last two weeks. It can happen. I guess Arkansas was – that was a good victory too, but, man, it felt a little uh, Pyrrhic after Barry be- Odom's fired. Yeah. This is a better victory. This is right. a much better – this is a, a, a hotly contested – you know, Arkansas was – that. they were a total – doormat yeah and like a wounded animal yep. not, not in the sense that a wounded animal is like dangerous, dangerous yeah but in the sense that the wounded animal is com- almost dead this animal is decaying right yeah, yeah. you're right roadkill is probably a better <laughs> a better description so this is uh i don't think you could have found anyone that expected us to go and win this game tonight against a temple team that i think they started the season uh not super highly ranked but they were six and one at this point and had some good wins and their only loss was against uh, was it Maryland, I think, or like the number th- number three team in the country, I believe, was their only loss. So um, they've been they've been winning games like they were supposed to, and they beat us at home last year. And then for us to go on the on the road and win a game where you know we kind of a lot of similarities to we didn't get down early like we did in the Xavier game, but it was real back and forth in the second half, and it was close. And then we closed this game out confidently, and we you know we managed to get out of there with a ten point win. So it was you know it was close until the last two minutes or so. And then not only did we not give up that lead, but we stretched it out and, and held on for a comfortable victory. Yeah, obviously just a a big sigh of relief and a a big tip of the cap to the team. The fact that, you know, coming off a three-game losing streak to have this kind of performance on the road. Now, as I'm saying it, it kind of reminds me of the 2017 season. The, I guess the 17-18 season when we were supposed to have Michael Porter Jr., we went into like a three-game slide there during the SEC, and I just remember thinking, boy, we're probably done as far as the tournament goes. But, you know, you got to say for Conzo Martin and his group, they seem to take on his personality of fighting, don't they? Yeah, I don't think you're, ever gonna, you're never going to find Conzo hanging his head or, or quitting or, or making mistakes or feeling sorry for himself, I don't think. Um, you know, we, I don't think he's a perfect basketball coach. I think we, we've, we quibble some with his, some of his stylistic choices and some of the the things we do in terms of offense and, and pace of play. But, you know, you know the guy's going to fight for everything every time. And if you're a player for him, he's not going to have any sympathy for you if you're, you know, if you feel down and out because the game didn't go your way or whatever. I mean, he's going to expect you to do what you're supposed to do and, and fulfill the, your role on the team. And he's going to hold you to that standard no matter if it's, you know, if, if you get off to the start that you wanted or if you're, you know, facing some adversity like this team was. So, uh, yeah, impressive bounce back. Yeah, absolutely. And, well, like you say, I mean, we quibble a tiny bit with, you know, we'd like to move it a little faster at times offensively. 
maybe the inbounds plays aren't always what we'd like. But some of the switching on the big yeah, guys on the perimeter. Yeah, that's that's been rough at times. But again, these are little things that I think we can adjust to. And I don't know, just my intuition tells me that Conzo does a pretty good job of seeing the overall big picture. But you know what? By the way, speaking of something you brought up Maryland well obviously we Mizzou really needed this game tonight for its NCAA tournament resume well you got another shot at a quality win in bragging rights obviously and the reason that Maryland triggered that memory is because well they beat Illinois at home 59-58 tonight in a Big Ten contest so interesting result there Maryland currently number three in the country so hey Illinois who knows They've been up and down for sure, but clearly they've got some pretty good upside. They've always got some, I don't know, quality big guys, it seems like to me. So, I'm obviously, anytime you can go into St. Louis and win, that's a quality NCAA win there. That's a uh, a game where I think, you know, a 59-58 result is a game that's that's pretty mucked up and to come out on top of it. So, you know, you can say, obviously, you know, props to... I almost have never said these words before, but props to Illinois, I guess, for for going there and giving the, the number three team a good game. But that's not a game that should intimidate our team. The fact that they got in there with Maryland and won fifty nine to fifty eight that's that's not scary. To well, me. they lost fifty nine. Yeah, yeah, you're Sorry, right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. But they were in there. But I mean, that's you know fifty nine fifty eight is you know that's a sure. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, it's not as though they put up an eighty burger on them or something like right. that. That'd be a lot more impressive. I hear you, but you know. Again, so what did you think of changing up the starting lineup tonight for Missouri, going with, well, previously we had put Xavier Pinson, Xavier Pinson, I'm never going to get that right, by the way. Sex, that actually will help me remember it if I say (laughs) it that way, but anyway, Xavier Pinson taken out, Mitchell Smith now in, essentially two power forwards, Kobe Brown and Mitchell Smith in there with Tillman. What did you think about that lineup? Um, Well, it didn't start especially hot offensively which has kind of been a trend for us but we didn't uh, give up a, a million points either I think you can play Mitchell Smith and, and Tillman together and I think Mitchell Smith I I'm liking what I'm seeing from him and he's, I'm seeing more from him than I expected to this season um, he does have the ability to, I think he's more effective doing a high screen because he can pick and pop up there and I, I actually like his three-point shot more than most of the people that we have taking them right now I feel just as good about Mitchell Smith taking a three as I do anyone else on the team at the moment. So I think he gives you, uh, you know, he's not the most physical guy. So it's good to have Tillman there to to kind of maintain that physical presence in the post. But he gives you length. He gets boards that way. Um, and, yeah, he can shoot. So, I yeah, I like it. I like anything to switch it up right now. Yeah, I think that's a good point about Mitchell Smith and Tillman sort of fitting together. And you know what? I'll get to that here in just a little bit. But first – If you're a Spotify listener, use Spotify Wrapped to show us your topped Locked On podcast for the year. Take a screenshot and tag us at Locked On Live and at Locked On Mizzou on Twitter, and we will share and retweet. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. 
available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So as I was, as I was alluding to before, Blake, Mitchell Smith, Jeremiah Tillman together, I think they work pretty well, at least in theory, because, again, Mitchell offensively can spread the floor for Jeremiah, and as we saw, Mitchell only took three-point shots tonight. He was one for seven. Whoa. And then on the defensive end, flip it, and Mitchell, obviously not the strongest guy in the world. Defense, especially inside, not his strong suit, but you know maybe he's rangy enough to make a difference at the four, especially with Jeremiah out there. What do you think about that combination? Yeah, I think they, they kind of play off each other. I, as an aside, I'm always just completely baffled by the fact that somehow Mitchell Smith weighs like 20 less pounds than I do. Right. He's a legitimate like six foot 10 or six foot 11, and he's what, 208, 210 pounds? And, you know, I'm like 235 at 6'4, right. Right. which is incredible to me that, that you could be that much taller. Yeah, you're than not me. that fat. I right. Mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm kidding, folks. Uh, but yeah, it just blows it blows my mind that that you could be that light at that height and still be able to move around, like to operate your body and jump. And that's that's not the point. Obviously, that is no basketball analysis whatsoever. But um, yeah, I do think they they play off each other well, and I think um, you, I think they definitely can play. They're not going to get in or each other's way. At least they sort of play off each other's strengths and weaknesses i think i don't know if they have great chemistry right. together necessarily yeah, maybe, not they do, get, maybe they do maybe they're not gonna get in each other's way it's exactly like if you put tillman and, and right. nico on the floor together they're gonna be bumping into each other sure trying to do the same things yeah and to take like an nba analogy like the new houston rockets with james harden and russell westbrook well one of the challenges that they have when both of those guys are on the floor at the same time they both want the ball in the same spot on the floor so they're a little bit redundant at times but fortunately those guys aren't and one thing i noticed you know obviously it's been getting a little frustrating to watch jeremiah tillman get his customary two early fouls every single game but one thing i noticed when he did come out for a little while. It seemed like, you know, just Reed Nico simply, really just Missouri simply not running its offense, trying to jam the ball into the post for the most part. Instead, just having him come out, set screens, dive. It seemed like it just opened up the pain a little bit, opened up our offense, and more importantly, something I think we need to do, get our guards going toward the rim more. What do you think about that? Yeah, um, I mean, I think we've done that at times, though, you know, for example, the Xavier game, I mean, I thought we were really obviously aggressive. With yeah, it. in that game we were. I Attacking. agree. Smith, Drew Smith in particular was. Yeah, very, very – and Drew Smith against uh, – I think it was against Oklahoma when he had that great game. You know, he was in the lane the whole game. Um, and I think, you know, Pinson, we talked about this earlier, maybe running some ISIS and stuff, but he does a great job when he gets inside the paint as well. Um, I would I would love to see the, the guards. I think that's definitely Javon Pickett's strength is attacking the rim. I don't think he's a jump shooter. I'd like to see – Torrance Watson do some of that or or do something at all really so far this year, um, but yeah, moving moving the big guy out of there and and unclogging the middle is is a great idea. I I almost would like to see maybe because Tillman at the top of the key when the ball's there and the point guard has the ball and he sets that high screen at the top of the key. I just feel like they're watching him so – he had another one of those – I think his fourth foul tonight was was on an offensive foul on a screen. And I think that was on him, though. I mean, he's just got to sit still. The problem is he's never going to learn, is he? Yeah, I think that's the problem. He's just – that's just I just not something that he's good yeah, at. But fair point. I, I think you could – I think you could have him screen away 
you know, go to the corner and screen for screen for a two or a three that's over there and have them cut towards the basket. And it's maybe he can do that where the, the focus isn't on him as much and he's not going to be as exposed as he's at the top of the key. Well, well, to that point, I think Missouri did that quite a bit down the stretch. They were running some of that, you know, without with lack of a better term, floppy action where essentially you've got multiple screens, a guy like Mark Smith sort of running a circle almost around the play to get the ball on the wing. He kind of has a two-way go. You know, he can kind of go whichever way he feels like. That's basically what floppy is, for for lack of a better description. But, yeah, I, I thought that action worked pretty well and got us some pretty good shots, and certainly Mark Smith hit a big one for us out of it. So, yeah, I think that's a good point, too. You know, again, I'm just saying let's vary it up a little bit. I'm not saying our offense is completely stagnant, but – I think it does stagnate quite a bit when we just focus on getting Tillman the ball. And, you know, again, bring up Mitchell Smith again. I'd like to see when Tillman does get those fouls when he is out of the game. You know, let's see maybe Mitchell a little more at the at the stretch five and not necessarily to look at him to actually shoot it there, just to open it up more for the Drew Smiths of the world. Yeah, um, I, I'm still intrigued. We haven't seen a lot of it, but I, I'd be intrigued by a lineup with you know Trey Jackson and Kobe Brown at the you know playing the two forward spots and having three guards, you know not against a you know not against a team where you're giving up a huge um, size difference. But I don't think Temple wasn't a huge team by any means. You know you can have two six seven guys as your as your quote unquote posts, right? But do something and it gives. I mean it would give the offense a completely different look for the other team and kind of put them on their heels. I know Trey Jackson didn't play tonight. He was a you know as a a, a DNP, uh, but I don't think he's. I don't think he's not going to play all year. But I, I just, you know, if you're going to, it does tend to bog down sometimes when you're just running the post with Tillman, and he's he's not getting established deep, and he's getting those those, those high when he gets the post. Yep. It's it's not good there. And the problem is you're putting him risk of getting offensive fouls there too. So and, and he's you know he's he's. A, He's at risk of the wolf, you know, coming right. up on him. So he's got to have yep. those eyes in the back of his head. Those guys sure. are always and they got to communicate with him right. too, his teammates, especially the guy who leaves him to go double. He's got to communicate for sure. So um, that's a big part of it. Yeah, I, I was happy to see Mark Smith hit that three. That was a big three. Sure. And I, I feel like, and this is a thing you can't really quantify. Only one he stats. hit, right? Yeah. Yeah. He didn't have a great night. I think he had seven points. But um, there were a couple times when we were trying to come back against Oklahoma and against Butler where. The, rent, the offense was run perfectly, and he got a great open three in rhythm. And if he'd have made that three, it would have got us to you know down by down by four or down by six and getting over that hump and, and helping the run. And he just wasn't able to make the big situational three. And I felt like tonight making that three to take a two-point lead to a five-point lead in the second half, that was a big three for the team at the time. And it was just good to see going finally. Yeah. Well, you know, just a quick thing here. Obviously, well – Actually, maybe a couple quick things. First of all, Javon Pickett, nice to see him have a really good game. He's been a bit up and down this season, but again, love that guy's energy, so I just love to see it pay off. That was a, a big that was much tonight. more Javon Pickett from last year. Yeah. Like a, you know, if you can have a classic John- Clearly, that's the good version of Javon right. Pickett that we saw tonight. So, yeah, whatever he did tonight, whatever his mentality was, the pregame meal, keep it going, pal, cuz that was a perfect version of you tonight. You know, obviously Trey Jackson didn't get didn't play. That was something just I wanted to note. I, I'm not hitting the panic button there or anything. Another thing I wanted to note, I noticed at the end of the game, Mario McKinney, who hasn't played in a few games now, 
He looked like he was dancing and having a good time. He looked as happy to get the win as anybody. So, again, to me, that's a great sign. I don't want to overanalyze it, but the kid who isn't playing a lot, he isn't pouting. He's really happy that his teammates got a win. That only speaks well of him, but to me it just speaks well of the whole culture, obviously. Yeah, there's a lot of of speculation. Message board talk already, of course, and – People start to see people's minutes drop, and they, they think that for sure that over the over right. break, sure. Trey Jackson and, and Mario McKinney are going away. I don't see that. Um, yeah, it doesn't look like no. doesn't look like those kids are pouting. It doesn't. I was going like to say just based on their body language, I'm not seeing that. I mean, he may understand where he's. You know, he he can look at where he's what he's done when he's been in games, and he's brought energy. But there have been times where he's just a little sure. too aggressive, a little too out of control. And, yeah, and not you know he's you know he's he can see that he's not lighting up the college right. game like he was the high school game yet. But I think the kid. I think the kid has all all kinds of potential. So. Sure, and I, I think imagine. he's. I think he struggles a little bit with obviously the pace that he needs to play. But this may not be this particular team may not necessarily be his best squad. Hopefully, maybe we'll get some guys in the future who can run with him. You know what I mean? Because we we definitely don't try to run at all. When well, he, he gets in the go. game, he, he can. He's go. like, hey, I'm a one band fast break. Who's coming with me? Like he's Jerry Maguire or something. But anyway. You know what? We got more Missouri talk and, of course, football coaching talk right after this. So a quiet day today, and by today I mean Saturday as we record this on the Mizzou coaching front. But there was some news sort of indirectly about Mizzou, and that was about Blake Anderson, the Arkansas State coach. At least the rumor and innuendo is that he is going to be seeking another job somewhere, likely, clearly not at Mizzou at this point. I shouldn't say clearly, but very, very, very likely at this point that isn't Missouri. There's really no indication that that's the case. So that's sort of the news of the day, if you will, Blake, kind of leading credence to the fact that if you are on that list, there's probably a good chance that those three guys, along with Munkin and Skip Holtz, probably not going to be the next coach. Yeah, there was an update this morning that – uh, Blake Anderson would still listen and was still interested, um, even you know, even though that obviously it's a little embarrassing what happened with the the preliminary list that was announced. And then I think it was eight o'clock tonight. It was it was put out there that Arkansas State players have been told that he's leaving, and it's not going to be to Mizzou. So you can scratch that off your list. I think he was the best option on that list if we were gonna have somebody on that list, but. Um, yeah, I'm 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 not sad that we appear to be moving on from those three names. Yeah, and just one quick thing on on Jeff Monken. It is Jeff Monken, right? The Army coach. I think so. Anyway, regardless, I've seen a lot of people say, "Oh my god, are we going to really start running the triple option?" And I would assume that that's not what we what he would do if he came to Missouri. But on the other hand, I don't know that he's ever done anything else. I'm just saying there is a world in which this guy's a good program builder. I wouldn't completely dismiss him just because he runs the triple option. Having said that, he's not real high and never was real high on my wish list. And that's just, you know, my personal feelings. What do I know? Sure. But just that's just my personal intuition. So one thing I think a lot of people don't realize is that so you know, the service academies and army, they do run, you know, the the true triple option, like the flex bone, kind of old school throwback thing. But a lot of the offenses that are that are being run now that are successful, like Auburn, I think Oklahoma has elements. They they run uh, spread offenses, but they have these they have these option triple option yeah, style these, elements. These concepts are are yeah. in those offenses, right. and even like the Baltimore Ravens offense, of course, those concepts are in these offenses. So the, the system, it's the offense itself is 
you know, if you take it as the service academies take it, that doesn't play at, at the SEC level, I do sure. not believe. It didn't play for Georgia Tech. You know, yeah, never, don't go true flex right. mode. But those concepts are still valid concepts. Agreed. So a coach like that could could bring in a, a newer school offensive coordinator type person and adapt their offensive system, kind of like Pinkle did when when we decided to go you know completely spread under, under Christiansen. So we wouldn't necessarily be locked into a, a triple option just because you hired Army's coach. Um, I think the bigger concern that – I have, and I think he's a, he's a he's a good coach. He's he's I, for everything I can say, he's a he's a great guy. No no issues. It's just when you're at a service academy, you don't really recruit. You don't play the same recruiting game that that everybody else does. Because, That's a very valid. Point. You know, to go to West Point, you have to be sponsored by a you know a congressperson. There's a, sure. There's a whole bunch of other yeah, extra you've gotta requirements. Be a, you've got to be a a different caliber of student. That's for right. sure. Student I mean, a really and, high level. Student. Yeah, and focus yeah. on you know. Right. It's it, I think it's hard to. To be, a, I don't, I don't, I don't know the even the mindset you would have to have to be a high level college football player and also be yeah you know, at a service academy right because right. and then when they get out they still you know these guys aren't going pro these guys are going to the four year commitment to service sure. and it doesn't matter if they're baseball or they're football or whatever they always do that before they come back to the eventually if they play in in you know major leagues or the NFL or whatever you know so that's a it's a just a totally different thing at those places so it's hard to imagine how a guy that spent so much time there would be able to to play the recruiting game and and you know recruit quote-unquote regular athletes yeah no that's definitely a concern and and maybe he would be able to but I mean, that's got to be a question that you have to ask yourself and and do your due, due diligence on if you're going to hire that guy but i guess to close it out here i guess what we should say maybe give you a bit of a calendar here at least a speculative calendar there's a decent chance you're going to be hearing some big rumors on Sunday. Maybe you'll be listening to this on Sunday, and who knows? There could be all kinds of news floating around, or maybe not, too. But I would just say Thursday, at the absolute latest, Missouri will have a football coach. And as, as Gabe said this morning, Gabe DeArmond, if they don't, well, they've made a gigantic mistake. So I'd say that's correct. As Gabe reported, what, what was it, Blake? Some sort of, uh, if you're... If you fire a coach, you get to take a second official visit, essentially, or what What was the rule? Right. So anybody that's a, a commitment to a university who undergoes a you know a coaching change, they get an extra official visit. Basically, it just means that the university can pay the way again for that, for that kid to come back to campus. So the idea is for Mizzou to have a coach in place this weekend so that they can have a final recruiting weekend before the early signing period and, and get kids here that are that are currently assigned to keep them on, you know, keep them on board the ship so right yeah you should see it this week um and and tomorrow is really because a lot of the coaches that i guess that we all we don't have a whole lot of concrete information about who's being talked to but you know brian harson and um you know jim mcelwain for example they yeah boise he, state and, yeah, and, and central miss just yeah and today. uh nor uh not, or even uh billy napier, napier Louisiana that's, that's today. the guys looking for yeah, yeah. so those sure. those guys all coach today so right. tomorrow would really be the first day that and i have no idea how likely napier right. is for instance exactly. maybe is maybe isn't but you but, know but who tomorrow, knows? tomorrow he's much more available than he was this week i was gonna say that may we'll get a maybe better picture tomorrow if you're a subscriber to Power Mizzou, a, a rumor monger, that sort of deal. But yeah, if there's any, we'll probably won't have a show out tomorrow unless there is some major breaking news about the coach, especially if we're, seems like obvious that there is a new coach. So with that said, thanks for joining Blake and I once again. And for Blake, 
I'm John, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.